to Nehemiah chapter number eight. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter number eight, and we're going to also look. We're going to also look in First Timothy uh, chapter number three. I believe it's chapter number three. And, and let's do this. Let's stand because after we read, after we read what we're going to read, we're going to wish we had uh, because we're going to we're going to learn today. <clears throat> we're going to learn today uh, how to go to church. We're going to learn how to go to church. Uh, I, I, I figured out something. I figured out something. You, 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 can't, you can't never assume anything. How many of y'all figured that out in life? Sometimes when we just assume, we just assume people know certain things, we get in trouble because we, we, they've, you, you, you know based by your exposure. There are, people, there are people today that have gone to a certain church their whole entire life for 40 or 50 years, and it's dead and it's dry as cracker dust. But they think that's the only way there is. They've never been exposed to something. They've never been exposed to something that's spiritual. They've never been exposed to something that's got God touched on it. So they think that's normal. Are y'all with me? And it's based on exposure. It's what they've had experience with. And, and, and this is one thing. I've, I, I have to quit thinking in my mind, especially when you have a larger church that is a growing church, and, and you're seeing this a lot. You're seeing this a lot because if you're seeing this a lot, that means you have baby Christians. And so they don't know everything. I went to church my whole life. I mean, I was, I was in the church nine months before I took my first breath. Y'all with me? So there's stuff that I take for granted that everybody knows or everybody should realize or everybody should, are y'all, does this make sense? And I got to cut that out. I got to help people and teach people and show them. I can't get upset if they don't do right. I got to, you don't, you don't take a baby and when he messes his diaper and says, well, you're defective. We'd be in a mess, wouldn't we? We, we don't do that. We change the diaper. And then when, watch this, watch this. When they get to a certain age, they got to stop messing the diaper. Now, here, here's an issue. Baby Christians don't know no better, but there's Christians in here that's been saved a long time. You ought to know better. <laughs> yeah, boy, it's a good thing we had a good spirit in here today. Amen? Watch this. Watch this. First Timothy. I'm going to do 1 Timothy first. And, and, and if you're, you're flipping around, don't worry about flipping around. We'll put it up here. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 14. 1 Timothy 3 verse 14. Uh, Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy has been left at Ephesus. He is the, he's the, the, the new pastor there and, and having some struggles and issues. And this is what he said. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Let me read verse 15. But if I tarry long, now read it with me, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. Now look to your neighbor on the right and left behind you. Turn around and tell everybody, say, behave yourself. Come on, tell them, tell them, look all around. Look all around, tell them. Say, behave yourself. Now, how many of y'all know y'all been wanting to do that for years? 
You see things and say, don't they know they're in church? With me? Well, listen, us, us senior saints, us senior saints who've been saved a long time, we're going to be patient, but we're going to teach you. This is going to be the most elementary, the most simple message you've ever heard in a house of God, ever in your life. Now, you seasoned saints in here that know all this stuff, just bear with me because I'm going to be speaking to the choir, and you already know this, and, 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 so, and, and I understand that. But listen, sometimes we just need to cover everything with everybody. Amen. Are you all with me? We're going to take the whole church, everything we do on Sunday morning here in this building, I'm talking about from the beginning to the end, we're going to say why and how and everything. I'm not just going to tell you the why and what the Bible says about it. I'm going to give you step-by-step practical ways we can accomplish it. Don't that sound like a good idea? Let's do that today. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness. I pray that you'll bless everybody. Lord, it's been awesome today. I'm telling you, I could leave right now and say I've gone to church today. Thank you for those that were baptized. Thank you for those who took that step of faith. Now, Lord, help them to grow. Help them to grow and move forward. I pray that your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you're here for the first time and you're wondering why that we are wearing these, these jersey shirts. We are promoting our, our, our service teams for uh, upcoming Easter, and we want to do everything we can to get everybody involved. We need everybody's help. We want to give you an opportunity. We want to give you an opportunity to get involved in something that's going to make a difference in somebody's life. You know what? When it's all said and done and I die, I want him to say he made a difference. He may not have been the best, he may not have been the smartest, he may not have been this, and he may not have been that, but but he made a difference in somebody's life. And that's what I want to say about Temple. Amen, church? All right, now, here's the thing. Here's why we need to discuss this stuff. Here's why we need to talk about this kind of thing, and this is unusual. I'm telling you, I've never in my whole life, I've I've been saved a long time, I've been to church my whole life, and I've never heard a message like this. Never. All I've heard is people complain about people that don't act right in church. But never have I heard one that said how we're supposed to act in church. So, guess what y'all get today? We're going to learn how to behave ourselves in the house of God. And how to, how to, how to act and how to, how to behave ourselves. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem with our society today. There was a day, there was a day when common sense was common. But it ain't today. And, 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 and it's, not just, it's not just in the church house. There was, a day, there was a day when even hoodlums respected God's man and God's church. But not today. Not today. We're living in a society that's rude. We're living in a society that's, that's selfish. Now, that should not come as a surprise to us because God said it was going to be that way. He said, perilous times shall come. People will be lovers of themselves. There are so many people today in this world that walk around and they are the center of their universe. And they want you to rotate around them. Are y'all with me? And sadly, that mentality, that mentality which is of the world and it's wrong and it's wicked and it's sinful because Jesus says we're to be humble, we're to be selfless, not selfish. Well, sadly, that's creeped into some Christians, and it can't be. So we've got to combat that. We've got to, we've got to counteract selfishness. And in, in, order, to, in order to fight the, 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 the plague of our society, in order to fight uh, the, the average 
activity and mentality of people. We got to learn to be Christ-like. In order to do that, we got to learn to put others before ourselves. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, number one, number one, if you're writing things down, what's the first thing we do at Temple? I mean, first thing, alarm clock goes off, we get our britches on, and, 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 and we go to church, and, and what's the first thing that happens? Fellowship. Write that down. Fellowship. You say, when does that happen? Well, it don't happen for some of y'all because you don't get here on time. <laughs> Fellowship happens before and after. You say, well, we got handshaking time. Yeah, come on, people. You get to shake three people's hands on the fly. No, I'm talking about fellowship. Watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says. In Acts chapter number 2, in Acts chapter, now this is the spiritual, and then we'll talk about the practical. In Acts chapter number 2, verse 41, it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now watch what they did. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's the word of God, and fellowship. Fellowship. What is fellowship? Fellowship is companionship. It's companionship. Say that with me. It's companionship. It's communion. It's, it's walking together. It's friendship. It's family. We need fellowship. Amen. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. But gather together, he says, to exhort one another. What do friends do? We exhort one another. We encourage one another. When one's down, we lift them up. Amen. The Bible says, the body of Christ, if one's hurting, we're all hurting. If one's crying, we're all crying. If one's rejoicing, we're all rejoicing. But we've got that backwards. When somebody gets blessed, we get jealous. When somebody is hurting, we get busy. Hello? Y'all out there? Now, here's the struggle. When you have 25 people, this stuff we're talking about here is not an issue. It's not a problem. You don't have to work at this. You don't have to work at this. Now, I'm not getting on to anybody yet. Y'all with me? But I'm telling you, the larger the church gets, the more difficult this is. The harder we have to work to make this happen. Well, I tell you what, I think we just need to go back to small churches. No. No, because there's too many small churches that are dying. We're not going to go back to a small church. We're going to keep the small church field in a large auditorium by learning to fellowship. We're going to fellowship. What did he say in 1 John chapter number 1? These things have we spoke unto you. We want to tell you about Jesus. We've touched him. We've heard him. We, he's the real deal. He is, he is the real thing. And listen, we want you to know him so you can have fellowship with us. There's something about getting around God's people. I love getting around God's people. Listen, I have friends that's outside the church, but the, the biggest majority of my friends are God's people. And I need that kind of fellowship. You need that kind of fellowship. You do not need to be a drag race Christian. What is a drag race Christian? Drag in and race out. You need to fellowship before church and fellowship after church. So well, there's, two, there's two issues we have. One is selfishness, and the other is shyness. Shyness. Now, I get that. I'm with you on that. We're on the same page. We're on the same boat. Hey, I can't fault you there. If you're shy, you've got to make yourself do it. 
I, I got to make myself do this. And it's not that I, I, I hate anybody. And it's not that I don't like anybody. It's just that y'all scare me to death. I'm shy. So I've got I've to do it. And you say, why do you do it? Because God said to do it. God said to do it. And it helps me. And the more I do it, the easier it gets. But you got to make yourself do it sometimes. Are y'all with me? Fellowship. Now, that's the spiritual side. Can we all agree the Bible says that we as the body of Christ should fellowship together? We should have fellowship. Now, watch. Let me, let me help you. Sometimes with a bigger church, sometimes with a bigger church, we see it as, we see it as an organization and not an organism. And we see it as like more of a company and not a family. But it don't matter if you got 20 or 2,000. If you're part of this body, you're family. And we, we need to start getting to know our family. We gotta, but you got to do it on purpose. It's not going to just happen. Are you all with me? Amen. And it sure ain't going to happen when you come in the third song. Hello? All right, here's the practical. That's the spiritual. We know the Bible says it. Can we all agree? Are we all in agreement here? The Bible says we should fellowship. Amen. We're all agreeing. Okay, now how do we do that? How do we do it? Here's the practical. Number one, get to church early. Come on, get to church early. And I'm not saying you got to be here an hour early. But get to church early enough to say hey to somebody. Get to church early. You may learn that you like it. I've had people say, I don't have no friends. I said, what time do you get to church? Oh, no, nobody talked to me. I guarantee you, somebody's going to talk to you in temple. They may say, get out of my chair, but they're going to talk to you. Amen? <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. They better not say that out. <laughs> Man, some of y'all are tight this morning. I had to say something to loosen y'all up. Go talking about getting to church early, and y'all going to... Uh. It's not that complicated. Get to church early. Get to church early. Do you know what would, would just... Crank this choir's tractor. Y'all, 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 y'all suck off of them all the time. They're ministering to y'all, and y'all just breathing in and taking in all of their ministry. Why don't y'all minister back to them by getting here on time so they can sing to somebody the first song? Do you know what I do? You know what I do when I come into church? I don't look that way. I remember the first time I had to get up and make an announcement because usually I don't, you know, I don't get up till this time. And, and so I had to do that. And the first time I got up and I turned out and there was nobody here. I said, oh. And Brother James said, don't worry, they'll be here by the third song. <laughs> That's disheartening. Because they're in practicing. While y'all are taking your Sunday afternoon siesta, they're up here practicing though so they can minister to y'all and y'all don't get here to the third song. So... Everyone. What's the first thing we can do to fellowship? Get here early. Get here early. Secondly, mingle. You don't have to be single to learn to mingle. Mingle. All right, thirdly. Thirdly. Here it is. Here it is. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. Find somebody... And say, this is, it's, this is not difficult. It's not difficult. Hey, man, my name's Malcolm. How long you been coming to Temple? Oh, about seven years. What's your name? John. John? That is all oh, seven years, really? Mm -hmm. 
Holy cow, that's a long time. Wow. Man, I hear they got an awesome preacher here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Say it with me. Hello. Hello. My name is. See what I got to work with? How long have you been coming to temple? Say it with me. That's not hard, is it? Here's how to do it. Practice on somebody you know first. I had, and if you're here, if you're here, if you're here, and, and you met with me in the first time attenders, Two weeks ago, either last week or the week before, I can't remember, I had the very first time this has ever happened. Very first time this has ever happened. A a couple came back, and I always ask the question, what was your first impression? When I said that, they smiled a little bit, and they said, well, uh, our church is friendlier than yours. Now watch, now watch, before you get all cackled up and everything, there were people that greeted them at the door, but not in here. Oh. Now, don't get upset at them people. They're telling us how they really felt. And I wouldn't want to know unless I asked. I want them to be honest with me. But you know what that tells me? Is, is we've kind of made, made fellowship a job, not a habit. So what do we need to do? We need to come in and mingle and say, hey, how are you doing? My name is? How long have you been coming to temple? Guys, more people need to be doing this than the people at the door. You know why? Because we're family. There are some of you that have gone to church with people for two or three, four years, and you have no idea until you met at Shoney's or Lowe's. Because you invited them to church and said, man, I go to church. Where do you go? I go to Temple. Well, I go to Temple. Am I telling the truth? All right. Say it with me. Get here early. Mingle. And introduce yourself. Let's fellowship, guys. Let's fellowship. Let's get to know our family. Because I'm telling you, people are not looking for a big, fancy church. People are looking for family. They're looking for a home. Number two, not only the first thing we do before and after church is we fellowship. Say that with me. We fellowship. fellowship. Second thing is music and singing. Music and singing. Music and singing. And I think we got the best in the world. I remember, I remember one time, and I don't want to I don't get emotional, but, man, I remember sitting in Bible college and thinking, boy, it would be so awesome to be able to, to preach after a choir like that. Because Victory had a great choir. I thought, man, that'd be something. That's just for special people. I'm telling y'all what, guys. I don't know if you understand this or not or if you get to go visit anywhere or not, but what you get every single Sunday, people would give their right pinky toes to have. Our music is off the chain. And all God's people say it. But there's always room for improvement. Right? Brother Jaden, would you say amen right there? Watch this. In Psalm 149.1, it says, Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. Psalms 149.1, Praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, Praise him in the firmament of his power. It says in Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
What do people feel with the Spirit do? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all, always for all things unto God and the Father uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Singing, making melody in your heart. You know what singing is? It's an expression of your heart. It's an expression of your heart. Listen, he said, he put a new song in my mouth. What was the song from? Him being saved. My heart's changed. My life is different. Man, there's something on the inside. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And you don't have to be a good singer to have an expression of your heart. I was in my I was in my office in my bathroom in my office and and, and, and I was I was brushing my teeth and, 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 and trying to get as pretty as I could get to come out here and, and and I was just singing. I was singing, I came on business for the king. And I come out of my bathroom and my girl's sitting in there. <laughs> I said, What's y'all's problem? You in there trying to sing. But I knew, I've been thinking about this song all week. I've been thinking that I am serving a king. This is not, this is not a false idol that we bow down to. Man, he hears and answers prayer. He moved in an awesome way on Wednesday. Man, I got to sing. It is an expression of my heart. It's an expression of my heart. He says, sing unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord. Is there an expression of your heart? Watch this. I want, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Here, here, is, here is, there's two ways this guy sings. The first way is just participating. And this is what some, some Christians do. They come in here and you... And in the second way, you can tell he has meaning behind it. There's an expression behind it. Now watch. Can, can you can show that? Yes, sir. Ooh. All right, so... Um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, "Amazing Grace." Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow, that brought a sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. Expression of your heart, guys. Expression of your heart. Let's see what you got. Amazing grace.
Which one do you want to be? Let me tell you the difference. It's what he had on the inside. If you just come to sing, anybody can sing a country song. Anybody can sing this stuff. But when you come in here and sing to the Lord, you need to sing like he's done something for you. Because whether you know it or not, whether you realize it or not, he's done something for you. He sent his son to die on an old rugged cross so you could be forgiven and you could be saved so he could take every sin that you ever committed and wash them completely white as snow, made you a home in heaven, put your name on the land book of life. He provides for you every single day of your life, keeps you breathing air. Are you singing with expression? Can you imagine what kind of church services we could have and worship services we could have if we would come in here and sing from our heart, not sing from our head, but sing from our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Somebody ought to say amen right there. For to sing, for to sing. Here's the deal. That's the spiritual. I'm trying to stay dignified. Say amen. These shoelaces aren't helping. Amen right there. All right, all right, how can we do this? I talked to Brother Jalen. I talked to Brother Jalen about this. Here's, here's what he said we can do. First thing we can do to sing like that and, and, to, and to worship like God wants us to worship is make an effort to learn the songs. Make an effort to learn the songs. We're going to be taking some steps to help you with that. We're going to be putting some on the, on the website and maybe give you a list of them so you can listen to them during the week. We sing some old stuff. We sing some new stuff. We did that today. We sung old stuff and new stuff. We, listen, make an effort to learn. Well, I don't like all of them. Listen, don't be selfish. You might figure out. You may like them if you learn them. Hello. Make an effort to learn the songs. You got to make an effort. You can't just come here and pout. Well, I don't sing my kind of songs. I don't like them kind of songs. Listen. God is a God of variety. Aren't you glad everybody don't look the same? God's a God of variety. He likes all kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what he does like, no matter what kind of stuff it is, he likes it coming from the heart. You all with me? Practical. Number one, make an effort to learn the songs. Number two, make an effort to sing the songs. Make an effort. Don't just come in here and sit. I don't always know the songs. I mess them up. I just start making my own words. You don't have to have everything together. You don't even have to have B and B when you're clapping. Tammy gets mad at me. You're not on time. You're not with everybody else. I said, I'm on God's time. I'll clap the way I want to clap. Y'all with me? But make an effort. Try. You got to try. Make an effort. Say it with me. Make an effort. Make an effort to learn the songs. Make an effort to sing the songs. Here's a good thing. Listen to them during the week. Listen to them during the week. All right. Now, here's the biggie. Here's the biggie. Here's the biggie. Spend time with God before you come in so you can be ready when you get here. Some of y'all played around in hell all week long and then come in here and think you're going to have a dose of heaven. Worship is not a Sunday morning issue. Worship is an all-week deal. 
We're with God every day. He sees us every day. He walks with us every day. Listen, the song you sing, you should be singing it before you get here. And what makes it the best to get here is you got others singing it with you now. Y'all with me? David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. Man, learn to do that during the week. Learn, to, learn these songs during the week. Sing these songs during the week. You may find out it'll change your life altogether. Learn these songs during the week. And come in singing. Don't wait to three quarters of the service to get primed and pumped so we can beg you to get with it. Get, get, let us get with you. Come in the church, open them doors, and say, boy, y'all going to have to tighten up if you catch up with me today. Because I've been with the Lord. Jalen ain't showing it, but he's jumping up and down on the inside right now. Are y'all with me? Let's sing. Let's worship. Let it be an expression of our heart. That's the singing. So what do we do first? We fellowship. We come early. We fellowship. We hang out. We meet our family. Then we sing. The third part. The third part. And by the way, by the way, this may, uh, they're all important. But this is a critical one. We hear the message. There is preaching of the word. There is preaching of the word. Now, I need everybody to be as still as possible right here. Watch this. Watch this. In Nehemiah chapter number 8, they are basically having really one of the first church services, one of the first church services after they've come out of captivity. They're trying to get things back in order and get things back right the way it needs to be. And, and, and God ordains the Ezra. God ordains Ezra, the preacher. And he gets the word out and he gets prepared to preach it. And so they build him a platform. They build him a platform. They call it a pulpit. Most, most people call this a pulpit, but this is not a pulpit. This is a lectern. A pulpit was just basically a wooden box platform to stand on so he could be above people so they could hear what he's saying. Does that make sense? Say amen. I've heard people in churches criticizing and other preachers criticizing uh, people that had glass pulpits. They said they made a pulpit of wood. I'm thinking, why, you ignorant scoundrel? He's standing on it. I don't see nobody standing on this. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm venting a little bit. Anyway, they're standing on the platform. They're standing on the platform, on this, on this platform of wood. And he begins to speak. Now watch this here. And it says in, in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. This is the word of God. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he, Now watch. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. From the morning until midday. Don't ever say I'm long-winded again. <laughs> morning into midday. Before the, the men and women and those that could understand... Now watch what, look, look at their, look how they, they acted in church. And the ears of all the people were attentive under the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. See, he's standing up on it, which they had made for this purpose. And beside him stood all of his assistants. If you think I'm going to try to name all them people, you crazy, amen. Uh, number, verse 5. 
And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. Now watch what happened. Watch what the people did when he opened the book. For he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people... And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and the people answered and with lifting up of their Look at this. See, this is not a southern thing. See, Yankees can do this too. Y'all with me? Watch. And yes, I will say that same thing in Columbus, Ohio when I go up there. Amen. With lifting up of their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now watch, it says in verse 8. So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Caused them to understand the reading. So what happens? It is my responsibility to open this book and help you understand it. To teach you what it says. To help you understand it. The purpose of coming in here. Now, now watch this. There's a verse I want, you to, I want you to get. I want you to get this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. And i got to hurry. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now, what does that mean? Let's, let's, let's describe that. What that means is when I'm sharing this message, you're, you're, you're looking at it, you're perceiving this as this is coming directly from God. In other words, that God is talking to you. You see, we have so many people that come in and, and they think this is just a religious thing, especially with this new building, especially with the balcony, especially especially because we think that, that, that it's not that big a deal. I can just come in and go out and come in and go out if I need, you know, and, 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 and watch, watch, the, watch the, the manner of the people. When they opened the book, they stood up. And they stood, and I ain't going to make nobody stand the whole message. Are y'all with me? So just get that out of your head. That's not going to happen. But they honored the word of God by standing the whole time that he read it. Not only did they honor it, but they respected it to the point they were attentive. They were listening. They were focused. They were drawn into the word. They wanted to hear what was being said. They were not just passing the time of day so that church is over and they can get a check mark in heaven. They came to hear from God. And I'm afraid in the society we live in, we have created an environment where people just come and go. And just, just here and there. Now, this is what I take for granted. Because when I was a kid, and I grew up in church, I sat right there, and my brother sat right there, and my mother sat right there, and if you thought she could read minds, if you just thought about talking, wham! You didn't get up and down during the message. Listen, if you had to go, you better go before. Now, don't get me wrong. We don't need nobody going in the chairs. If you have a bladder problem, help yourself. Amen. Don't worry. Hey, do whatever you got to do. But if it's just, hello, let's be respectful of God's word. Now, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm for anybody that, that it's an emergency or whatever that is. I'm, I'm all about that. Y'all know me better than that. 
But I'm telling you, we need to start learning to respect God's Word. If we as adults don't respect God's Word, how can we expect the children to respect God's Word? Amen. I was, I was preaching when the, when the building was over here. And it's funny, you know, when you, have, when you have baby Christians, they don't know no better. We had a gentleman that came through the, through the, 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 the jail program. And, and one of our students from the, the, the jail, and he got saved, man. He got the, the verily, verily kind, too. It was great. And after he, after he got out, he kept coming, and, man, it was wonderful. And he'd always sit on the front row. <clears throat> I mean, all the time, sit on the front row. And, and that's great, man. That's, that's wonderful. And I'm, I'm up here preaching one day, and, I mean, I'm going after it. I mean, I'm done hunkered down in the walk. You know, I mean, it, God's on me, and I feel it, and I'm just... No, and out the corner of my eye, I see him get up. And the whole time I'm saying, don't look. Don't look. Stay focused. Don't look. Because that's distracting. Because I'm nervous up here, man. I want to I make sure everything I say is what God wants me to say. Because, man, people's lives are hanging in the balance. And I'm saying, don't look. Don't look. And I look. And he goes out the door. And I'm thinking, well, you know, he may have to go bad or something. I, I don't know. What, just stay focused. I'm preaching and I'm preaching and... And I'm going after it. And I mean, I'm writing the most serious part of the message. And, and then out the corner of my eye, I see him coming back. And you know, you know what I said to myself? Don't look. But I did. And when I looked, he was coming down the aisle with a Mountain Dew. Come in here and sat down like... I wanted the Jimmy Superfly snooker from the top row. What are you doing, man? But you know what? He's a baby Christian. You say, then why are you saying all this? Because I'm trying to teach you to know better. Now, that doesn't bother me as much as people have been going to church a long time. And we should know better. We should know better. Now, there's another thing about this that you need to get. The Bible says in verse number, look what it says. Look what it says. Look what it says in, in verse number 2. Verse number 2. Look who was in the congregation. Look who was in the congregation. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women. Now, read this part with me. And now, come on now. I know I ain't got that many mad people in here. Come on. Here we go. And all that could. Who was in the congregation? Those that could understand what he was saying. What does that mean? I think that we need to have everybody in a place where they can understand. Now, if you have children here this morning, don't think I'm preaching to you. I'm just preaching what I got. I'm just telling you this. They would be better off in a place that's geared to their age. Now, let me, let me speak by experience. Let me speak by experience. I know you think maybe little Johnny, because he's not pulling on somebody's hair in front of him, that they're, they're, I, would rather, I would rather than be in a place that's geared to the point to them where they can really get it and get something. I went to church my whole life. My dad didn't believe in junior church. We didn't have no junior church. 
Bless God, you can stay right in here. You can sit right here and you're going to behave yourself and you're going to love Jesus. <laughs> now, if you think I'm exaggerating, my sister's sitting right there. But you know what I did during the whole service? Try to occupy my mind with something that's after. Where are we going to play? Are we going to throw rocks at each other when we get out? Are they going to be on a playground? Because I, I, my mind wasn't geared. I mean, I think, that, man, what, it, it would have been so awesome to have a place that I could get some of this nervous energy out. I didn't have to stay petrified on the front row for somebody thumping me on the ear. It's a God's wonder I'm in church today. Are y'all with me? You say, well, I give, them a little, I give them my phone so they can play a game. That's terrible. What are they getting out of that? Somebody put a picture on Facebook. Somebody put a picture on Facebook, and it's got an aerial picture or like overhead view of, of a bunch of kids on their iPads and everything. I, I mean, what are they even there for? Because if they're not, being atten- if they're not hearing and learning, you see, everything we have geared at Temple, every single thing we have geared at Temple is teaching. We don't babysit anywhere. If they're in the, in the nursery park, they're being taught. No matter the age, they're being taught. They're being taught something at geared to their age. There's two reasons why we do that. So they can learn something when they leave. We want everybody to know something, everybody to learn something about Jesus. Number two, we don't want any distraction whatsoever from the people in this room to hear about Jesus. And I, I'm telling you, I, I've, I've been to a church. I've been to a church that said on the door, it said on the door, uh, 10 and under or 11 and under, whatever the age was, are not allowed in the main auditorium. I can't do that. I, I just, I'm not going to say I'm never going to do that, but right now, I can't see me doing that. I, I'm just not going to do that. But I will ask you to do this. Be conscious of those around you. If you have an issue, if you have something like that, and they got, that's fine. I understand that, man. Do what you got to do. But make sure that you are conscious of those around you, that you don't distract them from hearing from God. See, we've got to start thinking those, not just ourselves and what we want or what we need. They have to be in here, that's fine. My dad used to say, hey, they need to be in here, just have your big switch and take them out, warp them and come back in. Now, I'm not ever advocating that. Are y'all, I, I got a lot of warpings in my life. But just be conscious of those around you. Does that make sense? I'm not being harsh. I'm being real. Because, listen, some people that come into this building, we have a one shot at them. One shot to help them hear the gospel. And I don't want to be the one to distract them. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Lastly, <clears throat> lastly. We, we fellowship, we sing, we hear a message from God, we receive it as it's coming from God. You need to look at the Word of God as God is speaking directly to you. Then probably one of the most critical times of the service is the invitation. It's the invitation. Look, look what this verse says. The Bible says in, in Joel chapter 3 verse 14. Joel chapter 3 verse 14. Read it with me. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Do you realize when you walk into this building that there are multitudes in here? That's in a valley. 
Some need to make a choice to be saved. Some need to make a choice to get right with God. And there are tons of people that are going to be challenged during the invitation. If God is speaking to you, make it today. Choose God today. So why are you making such a big deal? I thought the invitation was just the end. You see, some people treat the invitations like the scrolling of the credits after a movie. And that is so wrong. This is the most serious part of the service. This is when someone decides, am I going to receive Christ or am I going to reject Christ? Am I going to spend eternity in heaven or am I going to spend eternity in hell? Preacher, what's the point? The point is, I want you to respect the invitation. The only people that need to be getting up during the invitation are those working the altar and those that are leading in the music. If you have a service job to do, a responsibility to do, listen, make sure you do it as quiet as possible. And you, you, you sit in a way that you're not going to disturb those around you. Why? Because there are multitudes in the valley of decision. And I, I think we've been so programmed to convenience. Well, I want to hurry up and get out so I don't have to get in the crowd and all that. Is that worth somebody being distracted and going to hell over? And I know, I know there's emergencies. I know there's plans. I know there's schedules. Some people's got plans, and, and I may go a little long or something. I get that. But if you know you're going to have to leave early, sit in the very back on the bottom. On the bottom so we don't see you going out. On the bottom, so you can slip out. What are you doing? Preacher, I'm being respectful of those who are in the valley of decision. I'm going to slip out so I don't, I don't bother nobody. But make sure, you, make sure you know, is it necessity or convenience? Is it necessity or convenience? Now, I don't, I don't, I don't get as... I don't get as worked up over leaving after the offering <clears throat> and we have to do announcements hey you're an adult but I promise you if there's a bunch of getting up and leaving during the invitation you can bet your bottom dollar I'm going to say something because we pray all week and we study all week and we beg God and we agonize and we invite our friends to be saved and at the time that they're going to be saved it's important. It's important. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Listen. I had no intention at all. I had no intention at all to make anybody mad. I love you too much for that. But I promise you this. Sometimes there are things that need to be said. And I hope you love me enough and appreciate me enough to know that I'm going to tell you the truth. This is important. It's important that we learn to behave in the house of God. Let's come in and sing. Let's come in early and introduce ourselves and meet our church family. When we sit down to hear the word, we need to sit down with this mentality in mind. Okay, God, speak to me. Speak to me. What do I need to hear today? What do I need to know today? 
And then during the invitation, you say, well, what am I supposed to do during the invitation? If you're not dealing with God, if you're not up here making a decision, if God's not having you here at the altar, then, then you pray for those that are. Listen, because we're here together. You remember when one person's got a burden, we all have a... When one person's hurting, we... How inconsiderate is somebody here broken because their spouse walked out on them and they're pouring their heart out to God and we walk out the door. When they're our church family, we should be burdened with them. Listen, when that person was up here, when that person was up here getting baptized, say, it wasn't my kid. So? It was your family? Listen, we not only hurt together, but we rejoiced together. Woo! I'm going to say this. If you get more excited this afternoon over that game than you did this, you got a problem. And I did learn something else, too. There's a whole lot of people want to dump Gatorade on my head. If you're not on Facebook, you don't get that. 7,000 people tagged me in this thing. Let's dump Gatorade on the reverend's head. Amen. Well, I tell you what. If you get in here early next week and you sing like God's in your heart and you respect the word of God and you, you are reverent during the invitation, you can dump any Gatorade on my head you want to. Let's give God praise and glory in the house. Y'all come on up. Come on up. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us to grow up. Help us to learn. Help us to apply these things. Help us to rest.